Post podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I have a lovely guest back, back, back again to the pod. Everyone, please welcome the sole proprietor of Battleaxe Bondage, Kilsey Van Helsen. Hi, thank you for that lovely intro. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you for listening to it, for receiving it. <laughs> well, uh, uh, th- th- thank you. Yes, and thanks, you're welcome. Thanks, and um, you're welcome for talking? I don't know. Listen, Kelsey, I'm new at this. I You gotta give me a bit of wiggle room. I'm really new at podcasting. Oh, okay, okay. Like, I mean, you can be new at wiggling, too. It's That's my first fine. day. I was like, sure. It's your first... Okay. First day at the rodeo. Gotcha. <laughs> I think I'm an experienced wiggler. Um, unexperienced talker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're better with the nonverbal communication skills here. Definitely. It's, uh, I'm mm-hmm. a, uh, I have a master's in body language. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something, something. <laughs> um, since it was in the title, why don't we just talk for a second about Battleaxe Bondage? What is? Yeah. Where is? Who is? All the things. Is me. Um, <laughs> is me doing the things. It's it's literally only me doing the things. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, a bit of a challenge to get through the business plan because it was one of those things where I'm like, I, it's me. I'm yeah. I'm the I'm the person. Uh, but yeah, it's it's my new. Um, bespoke bondage uh rope and accessories yeah. uh sort of situation so i um i treat and process uh rope for bondage specifically um i have a couple um like special custom um recipes that i use for for that and i do like custom dyeing and custom length cutting and everything is custom so if you make a custom order with me it's done like entirely to your specifications Um, and then you have your own very special very custom set of rope for bondage yeah wow um and can we even talk about just for a moment um like because i'm sure people people who are not rope rope people they might be like why would you need someone to custom cut a rope i can do that with scissors or like what is treating and why would we need to do that and can't i just buy some rope from somewhere and from home hardware and start tying someone up with it let's let's just talk about why maybe you you might want to get some nice custom bondage rope if you're interested in pursuing that yeah absolutely um so it's it's very it's very difficult to actually find um bondage rope in canada uh there are a few other suppliers than myself but um there's there's sort of a few different uh materials that you can find um and it's best to sort of have uh consistent lengths of rope to do your tying with um so that way you can sort of mark where 
on the body your ties are going to end up if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah um and coming to someone to do it uh custom allows you to sort of choose literally everything about your rope um from how the ends are tied uh to the material that it is to how long your lengths are to what color it is and how it's finished mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if we just kind of buy whatever rope from wherever what are like the differences between like a rope we might even see say at the dollar store or you know a hardware store versus like the rope they would be getting from you yeah um a rope from the dollar store the hardware store tends to be something like nylon like if you're thinking of um the sort of like generic yellow rope that we're used to seeing right that's nylon um it's not very safe to tie with like you you can if you want to um but there are extra risks that come along with doing that um and i tie and treat pretty much exclusively jute um jute rope is my thing it's always been my thing um i find it has a different smell which is like a weird place to start but like it smells different than other rope um (laughs) and uh that's why that's what drew me to it in particular anyways um i also have a a proprietary blend of uh like moisturizer it's essentially rope moisturizer that i use uh and it smells like sage and rosemary oh wow so it gives this sort of like smell of walking through a forest uh when the ropes are put on the body um and that as far as i know anyways is something no one else has yeah i literally have never heard of that that's um amazing Thank you. (laughs) Because I can just picture that adding to the experience so much, making it very sensual, right? Adding another sense in there. Like it's, there's a smell now. Yeah. That's, there's, that's usually, there's a, there's a a response, a visceral response from people when the rope goes on them and they're like, oh, this smells like really different. Um, The other cool thing about the, uh, the rope bomb that I use is that it's also meant to, uh, protect the rope and it adds to the sort of antibacterial and antimicrobial properties that the rope already has uh-huh. okay so that yeah. seems that seems important because sometimes you're getting your rope a little dirty you know various like you can get dirty the yeah. rope gets a little dirty yeah yeah it's a yeah, whole yeah. thing what yeah. about like uh treating like um versus you know a rope that you would buy anywhere to a lovely treated rope like what are the differences there why do we need to treat a rope? So jute rope specifically needs to be treated because uh, just like, like here's, this is going to be a good sentence. Just like our skin, it needs moisture. Um, it puts the lotion on its skin. A hundred percent. Some other rope companies have like, a, it's it's actually a lotion uh, that's meant for their jute rope. And it's, it's, it's formulated to be like good for skin and hands as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it like it is it's very nice um but mine is is meant specifically for the rope and it it helps uh keep the fibers in better condition over time mm-hmm. um because with jute you get about a year out of a kit uh with consistent usage um before it's just kind of like it's pretty much a no-go it it's no longer usable for like uh, suspension mm-hmm. um whereas uh it's Oh, wow. My brain just completely stopped that sentence. Great. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Big neurodivergent moment. So sorry. Uh, uh, Yeah. Whereas if you don't treat your rope, uh, it won't be able to last as long. 
Got you. Okay, because yes. it, it so it helps in the in the long term care of your rope. Yes. Got you. <laughs> uh, I love this thing specifically. I want to go back to this like sensory thing of like, oh my God, it's it's like smelling like lovely herbs and oils and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. this is what I think when I like look at your recent photo set that I saw on Instagram and it's taken like outside in the forest. It's beautiful. It's colorful, colorful. It's vibrant. Um, I just like when you're talking about the smells of the rope that you're like confusing them with I'm like oh yeah that picture would smell like that like that totally makes sense to me in my brain (laughs) yeah and and like it was I'm I'm trying to like recall the smells that were in that garden that day um and between like the smell of my rope um there were peonies and I used peonies and roses that Mm, day wow um so it was just very very fragrant and I mean you can layer on top like regular bondage smells if you want like people smells yeah it was good it was good it was a good afternoon (laughs) (laughs) it's a lovely afternoon it was a lovely time i remember this um scene that happened at the stage show bed post once with domina dolly where she did yeah a rope scene with fresh flowers you know kind of like these lovely pictures that you were taking um kind of you know all all put in the rope and then she took a whip and whipped the heads of the flowers so they kind of like exploded and the petals kind of you know uh fell in such a lovely aesthetically pleasing way and like the thing that i didn't anticipate because she was telling me about the performance and i'm like oh that will look beautiful you know that will just look gorgeous and the thing i didn't anticipate when that happened like the the fragrance was absolutely intoxicating it would it just brought the performance to a whole other level you know what i mean surprising mm-hmm. and just gorgeous um that those that's actually the photo set i couldn't put on instagram um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah there there was uh, I, I learned what sound a rose makes when you explode it on <sighs> someone's flesh and uh that's addictive Oh, so are we talking about um, using a flower as an impact implement or are we using an impact implement on the flower that's on the person with the rope? I need to know. <laughs> I need to know um, all about this. Well, <laughs> there was, okay, so so let me just paint you a scene, shall I? Yes, um, please. <laughs> there was a really beautiful, uh, I, I don't know, I think it's a snogging bench. It's like one of those little things you have in a garden. It was like a concrete bench that's kind of low. Okay. Um, and that's called a snogging bench? I, that's just what I call it. I don't know what other people call it. Um, it was like, I assume that's where you like meet your lover and like have, have a little canoodle. Um, okay. I but uh, I just put a person on their knees like on top of, of said bench uh, and then like tied them into a kneeling position. Um, and then I had long stemmed roses. So I just used the roses as an, as a, an impact. Uh, implement that's what I was and yeah what was what was lovely about it was that I could just flip it over in my hand after the flower had exploded and I could use the thorny yes thin uh stem as a cane yes I was just going to get to that um because you know that's that's where 
taking a switch, you know, like picking a, getting a twig off the ground and beating someone with it. Like that's, you know, uh, botany play is kind of really at the root, LOL, um, <laughs> of like, you know, canes and stuff like this, right? It's like found objects and natural objects, right? So like, I love this. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with this, but I love people that are, um, you know, really natural people and they like to do scenes outside perhaps and stuff like that. And um, choosing their weapons, you know, for very specific reasons, like a rose, like you just said, first we get this like floral fragrant smell. Um, and then once that's gone, hey, we're left with this, the thorns on the stem and how can we use this as a sensation tool either dragging you know delicately kind of dragging the thorns across the body or like using it just straight up as a cane like you said that's so mm -hmm. awesome that's so cool it was um it was also really fun to use them after um after the flowers had fallen off yeah. um i ended up doing a, a floor scene with the photographer um because the photographer for that shoot uh, approached me and was kind of like, I would love to do a shoot, but I also want to be tied by you. Mm. Can we do like a, like a switch shoot? And I was like, absolutely. That's yep. hundred percent. No problem. Um, but in the scene I did with the photographer, I put those rose stems um, on the back of their thigh, like vertically. So they were running along the muscle. And then I put their, like, bent their leg into a, it's called a fudomomo, um, and then tied it with rope. Yeah. So they got the, like, the pointies from the stems of the roses. In between in, the legs, when you fold their yeah. leg over. Yeah. Wow. That's something. It was spicy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> I've even heard, like, um, of people choosing plants that might make someone itchy or something you know what I mean like the, that either they're specifically allergic to or something that has you know a, a component in it that is going to give them like a long-term you know mark rash itch, itch yeah. whatever right and while that's not up my alley specifically I'm like oh wow there's just so much so creative you can get there's so much you can do right when you really know a lot about plants. It's just, uh, that's a whole world I'm just like fascinated, fascinated by. Um, me too. I've, I've heard of people in sort of like the, the Norwegian sauna tradition mm -hmm. um, using big bunches of like stinging nettles. Yeah, right, yes. As part of their scene. And I'm like, that's, ooh, that, that's a lot. That would yeah. be, that would be a lot. Spicy, as you said. Oh yeah, yeah. very spicy, yeah. <laughs> Um, hey, if you're into it, get it, you know? Yeah, but for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, I've also come across recently in my uh, social media adventures, um, a local maker whose name escapes, escapes me, but instead of, like, using the actual um, plant, what they do instead is they make really beautiful um, paddles and so on and so forth, uh, but they make them out of wood, so they wood burn the plant as a design into the paddle Ooh. which I think is a nice a nice yes. way of doing it if you don't want to jump right in I'm picturing these paddles in my head I wonder if we're thinking of the same and I it also escapes me 
Well, if we come, if we think of it, <laughs> like if it comes back, it'll come back. Yeah, exactly. But like, I'm picturing these, um, yeah, wooden Bosk paddle. And blossom. Oh yes. Okay. What what was it again? But what's the Bosk and Blossom? Bosk. Shout out to Bosk Thank and Blossom you. for your beautiful Bosk and Blossom botanical I got paddles. It. Yep, that was exactly what I was thinking because it was like, yeah, I actually just retweeted something that they put. They they have this lovely post that says kink is for everyone. Kink doesn't have yeah. just one look, which everyone can get behind that. That's a lovely kind of general statement. But they told this specific story of like, because um, their paddles look so beautiful and they have this kind of delicate design. It's kind of like pastel colors, light, beautiful colors and like a beautiful floral wood burning in it. So mm-hmm. somebody came up and they're like, are those paddles like what are those because they're like they can't be paddles because they look so pretty and it was like well you know can can be light and elegant and pretty um that's an aesthetic or um that's like a valid aesthetic you know a valid style it's uh doesn't everyone think doesn't have to be black and hard and whatever you know you can have this gorgeous like lovely flower that you're beating someone like, why not soft bondage why that's, not that's always my question is like why does it need to be that sort of like uh, I want to say authoritarian and I'm not sure why mm. I'm like drawn to that word but I feel like that's it um, why does bondage need to be that because yeah. the majority of the people I play with uh, at least have like we don't have a dynamic where it's it's very uh, power exchange heavy um mm the way I usually describe it is like they're they're choosing it um like a cat shows up and uh all of a sudden is just kind of like hey 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 I want attention I want pets that's what I expect my bottoms to do to me I'm like oh, okay so you're ready for rope time now all right I see <laughs> you cat gonna, just gotta <laughs> rub up against you <laughs> like I see you cat I respond to this <laughs> I know what your body wants um yeah, let's talk about that a little bit then. Like, what are, you know, what are the other ways we can kind of approach rope and maybe bondage in general that are not, um, yeah, some just like some lighter kind of toned scenes and intentions that we could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that always pops into my head when I discuss this with someone is um one of the first rope styles I ever encountered and the, the like the phys- philosophical core of it was to treat your partner as an object of beauty mm. and like the, the goal was towards making them into a work of art and enhancing the beauty that they already had um, that's that's lovely yeah it's it's really stuck in my head both uh, as a top and a bottom uh, throughout the years, just because for a lot of people that doesn't seem to be the point, and that's chill. I mean, there's there's beauty in all manner of things, but I really liked how this this rope style focused very specifically on um, the beauty of connection mm-hmm. as opposed to anything else. Because why would tying someone up with rope or being tied up by rope, how might that be a connective experience? What is happening for the both of you that it would feel that way? Oh, gosh. Uh, for me, it's um, it comes from, from that core, that, that philosophical core of I'm beautifying this person. Uh, and it always feels to me as though I'm slowly sort of teasing out 
what they don't want to show normally mm, interesting um they're they're giving me this sort of like permission uh to see them in in their most vulnerable state and their most trusting state um and it's uh it's a deep honor for me personally like i i am very touched when when people sort of allow me to walk that with them mm-hmm. um because subspace is a whole thing and uh i you know i i feel as though i'm uh a guide yeah more than anything else to yeah. whoever is in my rope i totally um in a lot of a lot of times approach i have a lot of different kind of i'm kind of a chameleon so i can do a bunch of things um a bunch of different kind of styles and moods and stuff but i do definitely feel that as well i i kind of feel myself you know in that guide role um especially for somebody who's like either just approaches it this way in general or they're kind of new and they really do uh their intention of the scene is to help them explore and kind of find Mm. out more about themselves and um you know submission just in general is a vulnerable thing right so to submit in front of someone like that's going to be a connective experience you know if you if you let it um because that's a intimate thing to see somebody in at their most vulnerable you know um or to to be that vulnerable in someone in front of someone so it's like adding the bondage element adding the rope element it's like you know well you thought you were vulnerable before let's let's tie you up and then you know let's go real deep so of course it's going to be connective because that's like a very special thing you know between the Mm -hmm. two of you that you're sharing right like just last night I finished a scene and it really felt that way it really hit that vibe that we're talking about right now and at the end it was very much like my last thing I said to them before they left was thank you so much for sharing that with me Mm. because it really felt like that you know Mm -hmm. I, I, I really love that I also love it when um, you can sort of feel the collaborative mm-hmm. kind of vibes from a scene. Um, and in those sort of like deep scenes, I feel like that's kind of where it comes out the most, um, at least for me anyways. Yeah. Um, because I find the sort of the longer and deeper I leave someone to their own devices in rope um, while I'm like adjusting positions or you know, making sure that a rope isn't in the wrong place or something like that. Mm. Um, the the person in rope is having a completely different experience than I am. Yes. Um, so I I do I know theoretically how my adjustments will make them feel from the outside, uh, but there's no way for me to know what's going on in their heads, which is kind of interesting. I think you hit on something with that collaboration thing and it's like mm. not even like maybe cl- collaboration the traditional uh, meaning of the word like because you know I'm topping they're bottoming and we're communicating in different ways right um, you know I might be using my words a lot more um, to affect them right and what they're doing how they're adding to the scene is they're just being affected you know, mm. by the things I'm doing, by the words I'm saying. 
Um, and that's how they're contributing to the scene because it's like I'm putting something out there and they're really letting themselves feel it and I'm taking in how they are responding and feeling and that informs my next move right and it felt collaborative also energetically of the thing of like you know it was a scene where there was a lot of eye contact a lot of grounding kind of activities and I had to really stay connected to them because it was the thing of like, we're going to try a bunch of things. So I got to like for the first time for this person. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I've got to be really paying attention to them and how their body is reacting and moving and, um, you know, all those nonverbal cues that we can take. So it felt collaborative and connective um, because of all that too. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, um, yeah, that's how I view collaboration in this kind of sense as well, is that uh, they're receiving my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that act of receiving um, isn't necessarily something that we do in uh, in sort of like our average spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it becomes, I don't know, even more special. Yeah. Uh, especially for, for the person who's doing the receiving. Um, and I often describe rope bottoming to people who are outside the scene who's like, it's work because you have to be aware of your bodily responses and you have to be aware of how your body is affected by the rope as well and your emotions Um, and having all of those things in play at the same time can be really taxing on the body uh, as well as the mind Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I would necessarily say that it's like it, it would be more than any other type of bondage, uh, but that's strictly because I have so much more experience with rope. Um, but it's it's definitely very very different than any other bottoming that I've done as well. Yeah, and like um, I'm not a rope top, so I I just know from a lot of rope tops saying this a lot um, that rope bottoming is no easy task you know um but it's it is interesting like in general surrounding bottoming and submitting it's like a lot of people think that it's like oh yeah well I'm just lying there I'm not doing anything you know what I mean and it's like Mm -hmm. no 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 like the I will put you to work and that doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna be making you do all sorts of physical stuff by you know by that I mean like that act of receiving that Mm -hmm takes a lot of attention and care you know and skill right like experience you know you you learn to do to navigate that space like more in more nuanced nuance and deeper and deeper ways right if you choose to approach kink like this at all right Mm -hmm. but like it's no it's not just you're starfishing and i'm doing things to you it's like the conversation that's happening the equal conversation that's happening is like um is there with the receiving yeah that's interesting i really like that thank you that's actually why i really enjoyed this last photo set as well um because there were quite a few like tie in process photos or scene in process photos that happened cool um and at least i noticed with rope photography that it can there's a tendency for it to very much be sort of like here's the model before the tie and here's the tie Mm -hmm. and for me anyways like the the whole point is is the getting there 
um, <laughs> the journey. So I, I really like to have uh, a lot of photos available where people can see both the journey that I'm going through and the journey that the person I'm tying with is going through as well. Yeah, because it's not just about, like, rope is not just about the finished product. Like, it's not, you know, the whole thing is a scene. The whole thing is a journey. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is an experience. The the untying as well. It's like all the uh, part of the scene. It's not like just them being tied is the you know is the part where things are happening you know like when they're tied up that finished polished picture it's like more is happening in the in the doing and the undoing than when they're actually did (laughs) yeah (laughs) when they're all when they're all did up yeah i love that um you're absolutely right yep it's it's so subtle and uh I actually have a tendency to choose rope partners um, almost with performance in mind in this way. Like I I have a tendency to pick people who are very like expressive and enthusiastic, Uh, but I am also expressive and enthusiastic. So it's it's just one of those things. (laughs) Yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And they have sexy themed events running all the time. Here's just a few as I'm scrolling through their Instagram, which is located at Club M4 Events. We have threesome Fridays. We have a sexy plus size play party. A night revolving around mini skirts. Naughty on a school night. Ooh, and a Buy Pleasure Wednesday night dedicated to all things oral. Well, if that doesn't get you excited enough, you can head on over to their website at clubm4.com to investigate even further. The club is located at 1989A Dundas Street East in Mississauga. You can come by and see what a club made for swingers by swingers is all about. So let's, okay, let's move this conversation into one of the things I know you and I both definitely wanted to talk about today. You were talking Mm -hmm. about um, being um, on the ace spectrum, being like a a demi-leaning ace, and how you're kind of experiencing this uh, as being a rope top. Um, Where can we start this conversation? Maybe when did you start feeling this? And like, what were you, what were your kind of first thoughts on your, on this journey for you? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, So I've always been in careers that are kind of uh, SW adjacent. Mm -hmm. Um, Same. Yeah. 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 It was like, I've been, I was a burlesque performer. This would be my, like my ninth year of burlesque performance Um, and sideshow. And uh, now I, now I'm moving into rope. Uh, And one of my business goals is to basically be able to offer sessions to the public. And when I decided I wanted to do that, I had to sit there and go, okay, how am I going to 
sell this in a way where my boundaries are met and where my clients understand what my boundaries are. Um, because I'm, uh, I might have to like content warning a little bit on this one because I, I started in rope shortly after an assault. Okay. Um, and that's, that's been a big part of my journey moving through this. Uh, and I find rope and kink far more intimate and um, fulfilling to me personally uh, than, than sex is. Um, and that started happening about the second year into my, my rope career. And I was just kind of like, oh, I can, I would much rather do this this really intense artistic thing than I'd, you know, uh, have sexy times with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that started becoming something that I was like, yeah, I can do this professionally, um, I didn't want any lines to get crossed, and I wanted to be able to manage potential clients' expectations. Certainly. Um, so when I when I do start advertising, it's going to be one of those things where like it I I only do the rope I I don't there's there's no sexual components I'm not a I'm not a dumb I'm not a pro dom I'm not trying to be um there are like sexual services are entirely off the table uh and the response to that has been really interesting <laughs> mm, tell me about it um both in risk like in the way that I've been trying to find clients and in the way that I've been trying to find rope partners to tie with as well, because uh, when I moved back to the GTA, I left all my rope partners behind, uh, which was kind of hard. But I had to sit there and kind of go, okay, how do I explain to people that I don't tie people up because I want to fuck them? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I want to fuck them in the rope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, that's not what I, that's not what I do that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, I'm sure there are other people who are really good at exactly that, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and, that's uh, something a lot of people aren't, um, maybe aren't super aware of, of like these nuances in sex work of like, we can, you know, really pick and choose how we want to run our practice, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and it can be completely custom curated towards our own, uh, wants, desires, needs, boundaries, limits, all of that stuff. It's like, you know, offering rope services doesn't mean that you have to have it look any specific way. Maybe a lot of people have it look a certain way, but, you know, you can look at that and be like, yeah, well, I like this, but I don't like this, and I'll leave this out, and, oh, I'll add this, you know? And as long as you're completely kind of front-loading all this information to, as you said, like set everybody's expectations. They know what they're, what they're getting involved in. And, um, you're both going to feel good. You want to make sure you're both going to feel good about the experience, right? Yeah. Uh, but sort of making my way through finding, uh, clients and real partners with that has been uh, a bit of a journey because for most people it goes, they go together, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they kind of sit there and go like, okay, so bondage and sex, yes? And and for me, like, n- no. <laughs> um, but it, it that's just become a red flag for me, uh, realistically. It's just one of those things where I, I can tell that if someone is, is going to push that boundary, I'm not going to be interested in working with them or, uh, or playing with them. 100%, yeah. Yeah. 
I think I yeah, had people. someone like um, very recently, you know, they're just trying to ask like detailed questions of like, what are the services I offer? Like they, mm-hmm. the questions is always, they want to know if they can have, you know, if they can ejaculate in the session. Right. So they're trying to like essentially get to the bottom of like whether that is allowed or not. Right. Um, and yeah, uh, them kind of asking what traditionally happens, what usually happens in sessions and yeah honestly it's like yeah i would say it might be like half and half of people who want to experience their kink that way and people who don't you know what i mean like and -hmm. i think they assumed that that was what people want out of this that's what people do yeah they do kink and they do the sex like that's you know and it's like well what do you mean i can't touch you what do you mean you're gonna stay fully closed what do you you know what i mean and i'm like well you know, you uh, you do your kink in that way, and other people do their kink in their way, and mm-hmm. you know, and service providers can choose what way they want to do it depending on their own uh, preferences. So, yep, yeah, no, it, just because a lot of people do it that way doesn't mean I have to. Doesn't mean other people have to or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's actually been very liberating now that I've kind of settled on it and I know this about myself. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, it's it's been really nice to be able to go like, cool. This is just not a thing I do. Um, I'm happy to like redirect clients if uh, yeah, if that's that's something that they're looking for. But that is not what I offer. That's all. Yeah. So maybe can we talk about like what um, what people might get out of it if it's not like a like sexual release in the meaning of like genitals and like fucking and like stuff like this what are what are the other things that either the top or the bottom might be getting out of um you know booking a rope session for instance or just or just a private play rope session yeah um one of the things uh, that i i've noticed quite a bit at least for at for myself i don't know how this is for other service providers mm-hmm. um i tend to I tend to attract a lot of neurodivergent rope partners, <laughs> unsurprisingly, because I am neurodivergent myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed that the pressure and the the sensation of like the rope pushing into our flesh um, is is very like soothing on the neurodivergent nervous system. Yeah. Um, even if you're not no- neurodivergent, that sensation of like pressure and being held um, can be really really calming um, and there there are a few suspensions I do that are basically full body hammocks oh, nice. um, and those are the ones that uh, tend to be very um, emotionally evocative mm-hmm. for a lot of people uh, strictly because of the sensation of support yeah um, that's It, it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes for a few folks, but I find that's one of the major um, sort of senses of appeal. Also, just the um, the non-sexual intimacy is very nice because essentially uh, the the top is is like hugging the partner pretty much the whole time. Um, so there's a lot of connection. There's a lot of bodily connection uh, that happens, and that can be worth it in the long run. Yeah, there's a lot say. of physical touch. There's a lot of intimacy that's happening. Yeah, um, both physical and emotional, and and 
however else spiritual you know however else people experience it but yeah I I've often had the request of like I just need to be I just need to be held I just Mm -hmm. want to be touched you know Mm -hmm. or or um you know on like a sadistic more sadistic kind of spectrum to that it's like I want to be grabbed I want to be like um handled you know yes I want to be pushed I want to be pulled I want to be manipulated you know Mm -hmm. that is that's a common and even for me who doesn't do rope that's a common request of like oh just touch me grab me me. yes yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah, I, I tend to do a lot of that personally as well but that's just how I've developed my my rope style over the years um I'm I'm just a very I'm a small person <laughs> and I yeah, uh, same. Yeah. I I have to get whatever um I don't know I have to use swing whatever's at your disposal <laughs> exactly I have to use whatever's at my disposal because I I also end up most of the time with with rope partners who are larger than I am right um so it becomes an interesting sort of uh head game for me of like how do I bring down this beast uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is great. Like, I love it. It's 100%. a fun game. It's a very fun game. Um, but it does definitely add to that, like, body manipulation. Um, I'm using my entire body to handle them at some points in time. Uh, if I'm, like, rolling them around on the floor or if I need to get a certain rope, like, I will just move them bodily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets a little, like, grapply sometimes, which is also Yeah, fun. you're, like, nudging them with your thigh or with your knee or with your... Yeah. Yeah, or like my hips. I, I use mm-hmm. my hips quite a bit. Um, got a little bit of a martial arts background, so it's one of those things where like, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but there's there's that aspect to it of, as well as you get like a little bit of a grapple, a little bit of toss me around, mm-hmm. handle me like an object, and rope. Yeah, move me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both the physical and the emotional. <laughs> Yeah. meaning move me yeah yeah I, I feel like um I identify most with this with the way I top like trampling and smothering and face sitting like I mm-hmm. do a lot of like I've been told people that see me do a scene like that they're like that's surprisingly sensual and surprising it's almost like a dance it's like yeah the way you're using yeah your body to kind of move them and your weight um and stuff like that is like yeah it can be really a beautiful kind of a scene you know mm-hmm. just like put on some music um, um you know you don't really need to be saying much um and it's just kind of like reacting with you know physical uh just physically reacting back and forth almost like like an improv like a i don't know if you've ever done like Kind of like a flow, imp- yeah, like flow, da- like yep. an improvised kind of a dance where you use mm-hmm. kind of your body weight together and you're leading and taking and giving and, and it's just kind of this conversation, a, but without words. It's a, it's a back and forth. Yeah, it's a, exactly. I love that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the level I aspire to reach with, uh, like my personal play partners, mm-hmm. um, especially because I I do performances quite often, and that's sort of the goal. Uh, is to have that sort of like seamless back and forth flow of um, just kind of knowing where the other person is and where they will be. 
Yeah, anticipating and mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. I feel like with rope, there is also like this aesthetic element that's really appealing, that really hits like with people. Can you talk about that a little bit? How it makes people feel when they look at their body and rope? Oh, okay. My favorite word for all for this is is squish. Uh, yes, get squish. squish. Give, give squish. <laughs> give, give good squish. squish. Um, oh yeah, like uh, my favorite things are are when like a body part looks like it's trying to escape mm. from the rope. It's like spilling, um, spilling oh, out. Yeah, I love that. I love it so much. Um, especially with like leg ties. Um, when you see someone like a thigh that's just like it looks like it's ready to escape from the rope I'm like that yeah <laughs> that's the good thigh stuff that's like so tender it's about to fall off the bone <laughs> yeah um i i have a whole like hannibal thing so it's a uh, it's nice. a deal yeah <laughs> like, like yeah. I, I could say a lot of things about human charcuterie i don't know if your listeners are ready for that though um uh, uh but yeah um i i love this this aspect that rope has of of being able to shape the body um and i also think that sort of ties into how i perceive it as a um, a method of art and and turning a person into a work of art um because more often than not uh the folks that i'm tying with have perceived their body in a specific way for a, such a long time that they're completely caught off guard when they see photos of themselves mm -hmm. Um, and I I tend to like share my favorite parts of a scene. So if if there is a photo, I'll just be like, oh my gosh, like look at look at this bit, and I'll point at like uh, part of their body that's like you know trying to escape the rope. Usually it's the underbutt, um, <laughs> because like it it just it wants to get out. It's so beautiful. The um, un unruly underbutt just oh. wants to do its own thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> got a uh, mind of its own. It's just trying to get out there um but it's it's neat to see how people react and kind of go like oh my gosh I've never looked at that part of my body that way yeah I think that's it's it's almost like if you want to you know you're kind of thinking of it in an artistic way it's like almost like you're it's soft sculpture you know mm -hmm. like you can make the breasts look totally different you can make the thigh you know do you know if you want to put a divot there you put a divot there if you want to create volume there you create volume like it's almost like you know like that like like styling hair you know i want this mm -hmm. part to look bigger and then i'll do go flat and sleek here and then i'll like it's really that it can be that detailed work yeah, yeah. absolutely um I'm, I'm an esthetician as well, so it's it's oh exactly the same Perfect. thing. Um, <laughs> it's just glamour in a different way. Yeah, uh, it's like creating yeah. a silhouette, like when you put an outfit together and you create a silhouette for like an outfit. It's like that, but like naked with rope. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's yeah. Um, that was one of the things that uh, burrowed into my mind the most was I was just kind of like, oh wow, I can like completely transform the way someone's body looks by doing this yeah it's like contouring yeah exactly <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's like yes. you're, you're changing the shape of someone's cheekbones except it's their hip bones and there's rope there suddenly yeah <laughs> it could be their face too face bondage yeah, yeah face bondage I mean, is really cool i i am a sucker for some face rope i do have to say that Are like, you? that's one of my favorite things <laughs> 
it just is so interesting in that way of like in that exact way we're talking like you can transform someone's face like uh, I don't know if ever anyone's ever seen like you know just around I don't know on tv shows or I'm sure they've done challenges on tiktok and all this crazy stuff but like where you've put uh, scotch tape like clear tape around your face and you try <laughs> to create just a crazy looking face you know um I mean that's you know that is face bondage right there literally yep but like you know doing that with rope it's like yeah you can really make a face someone's face look unrecognizable and it's kind of hauntingly beautiful you know yeah um there was a I think it was a rope space in Berlin at one point they did a, a class on face bondage but wow. it was framed through the grotesque Ooh, cool that'd be so cool <laughs> yeah that, that's appealing to me yeah yeah so that that's ex- that was exactly the point it was like they're they're showing this sort of like uh bestial um unsettling kind of side of it mm-hmm. uh which is completely different to like the way we're we're used to like the the quote-unquote rope aesthetic being right um and i think that's really interesting uh i also thought it was interesting because this entire workshop was taught by women awesome. and femme presenting folks great yeah get it yeah (laughs) is like the rope top scene um i mean i have an idea of what this answer will be is it but are (laughs) rope tops mostly men men presenting yeah like non-women it's um it's a fairly uh cishet man centric kind of situation um but i think that's because uh, just like in any other, I don't know, kind of niche situation like this, uh, money talks. Mm, yeah, right. And mm-hmm. the people who who c- can can pick this up um, fairly easily tend to have the resources to do things like fly to Japan and learn from the masters. Right. Um, and that's not the case for all of us. Uh, but that seems to be the people who who can quote unquote like succeed i guess and and do this for a long period of time are the people who who have um those kinds of resources available to them yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. do you find um with your clients um are like what types of people are drawn to you what is like you know i i think the maybe the mainstream or like whatever is represented you know in popular media is the is a you know a big fit white guy topping you know a rope with Mm -hmm. a a tiny thin you know uh Uh, submissive yeah Um, you know that's what we mm -hmm. know so like what is the reality of like your practice and your experiences with rope um I, I did briefly mention that I, I have a tendency to tie folks who are larger than me. Um, that's yeah. <laughs> that's very common, yeah. uh, at least for me anyways. Um, but uh, that's that's in terms of my personal partners. I actually, I don't have any clients yet. So if you're a potential client and you're listening and uh-huh. you like the things that I said, uh-huh. maybe uh, get, get in my information, get in my, my business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. But I, uh, I also have a tendency to tie a lot of men. Yeah, which is nice. That is nice. Um, it is very nice, uh, and I I really like the ability to 
um, show a different side, almost. Um, from from my experience, anyways, there there doesn't seem to be a lot of like photos of men in ropes or like like you said, it's it's very like there is a look yeah. for uh, for rope bondage very commonly, and I try to subvert Ooh, those norms. the other way. <laughs> yeah, it was like I I want to show that bondage can be like non-binary and queer and um, asexual and yeah. beautiful and still beautiful and. Uh, that's that's where I'm sort of constantly pulled is is drawing the beauty out of um, people who who don't get the opportunity to see it in themselves. Um, oh yeah, and I I find that's why I really like putting men in ropes and um, very specifically in ties that would be quote unquote traditional shibari. Um, I I put men in those ties because the ties are meant to evoke a mindset and it works oh, interesting yeah. so what is yeah. the mindset tell me this that's interesting to me tell me more yeah about um well i mean for lack of a better way of describing it i would i would just call it like the damsel in distress right right um rope bondage kind of evokes that imagery uh and historically has done so as well um and i think it is good for men in today's day and age to experience that uh, and also to experience how it feels to submit and be vulnerable and have to trust someone yeah not be in control yeah not to be the one in the room who's calling the shots yeah yeah who's deciding yeah. how that's gonna go yeah and it's 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 actually i've had some really nice sessions um with um with personal rope partners uh, who have mentioned that specifically afterwards and who were just kind of like, oh, I just got to enjoy the experience without any pressure of having to be in control, of having to drive, of having to, like, be the person calling the shots. Yeah, of having to, like, talk more than listen, you know. It's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 you shush, 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 shush. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, patriarchy, you know, affects us all negatively, right? Mm-hmm like guys too they yeah um it would feel really lovely to just be able to you know receive yeah yeah because they never are quote-unquote allowed to you know they, they always have to be the doers yes and uh they have to that's... top life <laughs> constantly yeah. every day all day top top life <laughs> constantly yep top everything so it's, it's nice to, to be the person to sit there and be like hey um, I'm going to do that now. Yeah. So you can just take a break. Relax and experience. Or suffer and experience. I mean, the choice is yeah, yours. I mean, I mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm in the room, then yes. It's like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's beauty in suffering, too. Oh, so much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. And if they're like... If you've done that, like, grounding work and that deep work and suffering is involved, it's like, ooh, you can just see, like, <laughs> their brain, like, exploding, yep. you know? like It's it's so good. <laughs> their brain so good. melting out their ears, uh -huh. you know? Like, <laughs> uh -huh. I was like, one of, I mean, I, I, I talk a lot about, like, the aesthetics and the beauty and the philosophy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that's, like, deep at the core of my rope practice is like unholy predicaments oh my 
I that that is a phrase. That is a phrase. Tell me what that phrase means. uh, To me, uh, it means predicaments that there's no way of getting out of on your own. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things to do. I I love it. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Um, Something about it. There's there's a pit deep in my soul that can only be filled with screams. You know. Yeah, it's like Monsters, Inc., you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'm leaning into, like, my... Recharged on the Recharge those men. units. Uh, I'm uh, I'm leaning into my, like, evil witch era right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, like... It's your just, villain era. <laughs> yep. Give me, give me your screams. Just roll them on out. I love that. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, do you use like other types of material that are rope like like do you use stuff like pantyhose to tie or scarves or anything that's kind of rope adjacent like that where you can kind of use it in a similar way use all your rope skills but with like other items like that yeah um one of the things that i love using especially when i'm i'm trying i'm doing like uh i guess i'm gonna call it rope lesque um <laughs> nice. when i'm yeah when I'm combining rope and burlesque together, uh, I really like to use um, wide satin ribbon. Mm-hmm. And this is also something that's really nice, like if you're going to like boudoir-y kind of things, um, you can just get a, like Fabricland has wide satin ribbon that you can buy by the meter. Um, so you can get the same length as you would for a rope. Um, yeah. And that creates an entirely different experience uh, for the person who's being tied as well as for the person tying um, because it's it's just such a sensual and pleasant material yeah. um, and it, I also feel like it, it downgrades any fear that might, that might crop up it's a little lighter you know in energy you know yes using yeah it definitely it has the it just has a little bit more like bedroom bondage boudoir bondage yes just the the satin um i have also used fishnet stockings for bondage that's very fun too Ooh, do you use them oh okay so i just had another kind of thought when you said that was like okay using stockings right Mm -hmm. but using them in the way of like you know how a robber in a film puts nude (laughs) pantyhose over their face to distort their face so like something with that where you're like poking holes in the ooh there's something there that could be fun yeah that could be fun there's definitely some ideas there yeah there's something there I just stumbled (laughs) upon I'm sure of it ooh (laughs) but fishnets okay how would fishnets be different like what what does what do fishnets feel like or um what can you do with them um I (laughs) I mean, I just like to use them when I want there to be marks, personally. Um, oh, yeah, the marks. Of course, we haven't even said anything about marks. Uh-huh. They, Fishnet leaves a very specific mark now, doesn't it? Sure does. Cool. And I, I also, um, I mean, I don't just do rope, right? So yeah. I, I like to refer to all the other activities or, uh, as, like, my spice cabinet, in a way. <laughs> um, so following, like, a rope pattern would be my recipe, but if I'm going to, like, make it specific for somebody else then I'm going to go to my spice cabinet and be like oh (laughs) what flavors interest you Uh, (laughs) 
so that way I can bring in like impact or wax or um, face bondage or you know uh, any number of other things to add like a little bit more variety and, and interest yeah Oh, very cool. Awesome. Okay. I feel like we're probably approaching the end of our hour, but before we go, Kelsey Van Helsen, you did mention that maybe there are some clients that you might want to um, approach you and pay you for lovely rope services. <laughs> Tell yeah. us where we can find and follow you and where we can book you. Yeah. Um, I'm for the the most part right now you can book me through my email which is all lowercase letters uh, battleaxebondage at gmail.com um, you can find me on instagram at uh, battle.axe.bondage um, and i'm on twitter at kilch awesome so you can look look me up on the social medias um yeah my my rates i think are pretty reasonable um, and I'm happy to travel. So if you want to bring me to you for a rope session, mm-hmm. you can do that. Ooh. Options. Sexy Very. options. Options are sexy. They are. For me, let's see. I'm at the ladypim one on Twitter. That is certainly where I'm the most active. But if you must follow me on Instagram, I'm at the Bedpost Podcast or at the Lady Pim. This podcast has a Patreon, people. It is The Bedpost Show. This podcast has a YouTube channel. It is also The Bedpost Show. And I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for the pod. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. One last time, Kelsey, thank you so much for this lovely conversation. Uh, It was just so great. Um, Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. It's a a lot of fun. Anytime. You can come back a third time if you wish. Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) And thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Pocket. Talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.